1: it gives me a lot of
2: hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9.
1: Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast.
2: Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now. Or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio.
4: Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is
3: Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined as always with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. And that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. This is, uh, I believe, one of the very last listener mail segments of 2023. We hope Ooh. you join us. Uh, soon whether that's 2024 or 2025 human calendars are kind of made up uh we're we're so glad as always so grateful uh that you are here to spend some time with us time is the only real currency in the world tonight we're going to hear from hoboken johnny with a story that has at least fascinated me at least for several years not Uh, to be confused with hobo johnson just for the record just for the record, uh, we're also going to hear from uh, some anonymous callers. Uh, we're going to hear from Kimo, and we're going to talk about burn bits. We're going to talk about, oh, gosh, I do not even want to spoil all this stuff. Uh, maybe we start this way uh, with a question from Whatnot. Why would you say no to a free tablet? Well, I sure wouldn't, Um,
5: and I didn't, in fact, when I got a new uh, phone account, I think through T-Mobile, and, you know, they always like to rope you into contracts. So they're like, hey, do you want the free Apple Watch? Free, quote-unquote, the one you'll be paying installments on for, for, you know, the duration of the contract. Or the iPad, and I I went with the iPad because, frankly, a tablet is a much more multifunctional device than an Apple Watch. Um, So here we go. WhatNot writes in saying, you can call me WhatNot. Uh, I have recently discovered your podcast in the last year and religiously listened to it uh, during my overnight stocking shift. Thank you, Whatnot. I appreciate your guys' work and insight into topics. This is my first time emailing you, and it's because I keep seeing ads on my Facebook for a company called Whoop Connect. Like, whoop, there it is. That's that's very funny. Um, it advertises a free tablet and Internet connection for just an $11 copay for those who are on government programs, such as EBT, WIC, Medicaid, and Pell Grant. Um, My first thoughts slash questions about this is why are they targeting free tablets to those who are on government programs? It could be from the goodness of their heart. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, And uh, wanting to get more people access to these technologies we are using every day. Another thought goes back to surveillance. Is there something they don't want us to know uh, about why they're giving out free tablets to those of lower socioeconomic status? Do they just want to track these individuals or get internet access to those who don't have any? So everybody can continue being tracked through our devices. I don't know. Something feels off about this to me, and I was curious on your guys' thoughts. Here's a link to the website for Whoop Connect. It's literally www.whoopconnect.com. Who came up with that and why? Um, I did see a similar program, but with phones instead of tablets. Now, that's a thing, the Obama phone, and that is absolutely very valuable to a lot of people that couldn't afford to have phones. This is me uh, interjecting. But, by the way, those Obama phones were like the dumbest of dumb phones you possibly could get, literally a flip phone. So it's not getting any benefit from your from your data or like internet browsing habits. Um, I have thought about emailing before in the past since hearing the divine intervention episode going into the show. I had a way different idea of spiritual intervention than how you guys discussed it. I have my own story that differs from those discussed in your listener mail episodes. I will gladly tell you just email me back and we certainly will. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Feel free to use whatever you'd like in this email for your creative purposes. You can also email me back with questions or comments as I'd appreciate it. Um, yeah, I made my interjection about the the Obama phones, and this is not a political stance here, but I have a dear, dear friend who is, you know, on a fixed income and would not have otherwise been able to afford to have a cell phone were it not for this Obama phone. But it is literally like sub Razor Motorola Razor technology. It's like uh, one of those old school Nokia brick type phones. So I'm wondering if this is just sort of a benevolent evolution of that program or if whatnot is onto something here. What do you guys think?
3: Well, I'm, I'm right now I'm on the whoop connect, uh, I'm on their website, looking at the, uh, looking at the program we're describing the affordable connectivity program, I believe is related to this, right? You get, uh, you get the new tablet. Uh, when we see offers like this, unfortunately, we have to be a little bit regonite about it. We have to trust but verify, right? So I'm looking at the legal disclaimer under terms of use and what we would be, what we'd be looking for when reading these things. You don't have to be a lawyer to do this. Is look at uh, data use. Look for things like third parties. You know, that's who they would be giving this data to, I mean, the opportunity for shenanigans is there. It is real. It is plausible. The question, and I think what, what you're saying, whatnot, and I love your name, by the way, uh, the question becomes a matter of, um, whether this opportunity would be leveraged and if so, in what way? Well, I did just do a cursory Google
5: of whoop connect. And one of the first, uh, Google instant results was, is Whoop Connect legit? And then I immediately found a thread on Reddit, Whoop is one big scam. Mm -hmm. Um, Purchased a Whoop 4.0 on March 15th, 2023. Realized it wasn't for me and put in a refund request not long after. They have never gotten back to me with a return label. I have put in several more with no response. I am currently on hold trying to get in contact with a rep, but no one has picked up after an hour plus. I tried canceling my membership, but they want to charge me $350 for my remaining commitment. This is beyond frustrating. I have showed support uh, that I am still under 30 days. This company feels like an absolute scam. Am I alone here? Are there any tips or suggestions to help me get this resolved? Um, And if you've heard of the website Trustpilot, which, like, you know, Mm -hmm. people are able to leave reviews for things like this, they have a half-star rating on Trustpilot. I
3: like that you mentioned Trustpilot there. And I, I saw that thread and some similar Reddit threads. what one, one thing, I know this sounds like old school, like we're on the Dave Clark show or the, um oh, who's that other money guy famous in Atlanta? Uh, oh, gosh. Savage? Man, uh, yeah, that's one. There's another. Clark, something Clark. Right, right, right. Sure. Clark, uh, what's his face? Yeah. Howard. Okay. Howard, mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, Clark Howard. So, those guys are right. I don't agree with them in everything, but they're right when they say you should look at the Better Business Bureau for uh, companies like this whenever you have a question. And I'm just going through
4: the. But we've also heard yeah. the Better Business Bureau is a scam. It's
5: not great, huh? man. I was roped into something very shady recently. Um, There was an ad that came up on Instagram for a cleaning service that connects you with house cleaners called Dazzling Cleaning. And it's like, oh, first cleaning is like $9. And y'all, if something seems too good to be true, nine times out of 10, it is absolutely too good to be true. Um, I, I, I had a great experience with my very cheap cleaning and then had people not show up and still get charged. So I went to try to cancel it and they said, oh, well, if you cancel now, you'll be charged for the full price of the first $9 cleaning. Plus there's this membership fee that we didn't tell you about. So basically at this point, you're stuck, you know, just doing the year and I went to Better Business Bureau and I'm talking thousands of negative reviews of people talking about. And this is a very similar right. thing. That, what's that's happening? That's why with
3: I'm Whoop. bringing up Better Business Bureau because yep. you don't I'm not saying I don't want to be missing Construed. I'm not saying they're a perfect entity. I'm saying it's a valuable resource. Oh, no, I would you know, for me, it
5: was but but Matt planes, had his own right? perspective about it being its own potential problematic entity.
4: I was just pointing out that we've had people write into us about how definitely. there's weird stuff going on with BBB too.
3: Yeah, definitely. There's. I I think it's it's challenging to find any perfect institution. I, I would say the reason that I brought him up in the first place there is because uh, I think it's a insightful way to read. Complaints that are legit, you know, Yelp is compromised. Obviously, that's sure. that's true. Uh, but I'm just looking at, you know, similar to how you were talking with TrustPilot or talking about with TrustPilot, I'm looking at complaints, the complaint page from BBB about Whoop, and uh, it's not BBB accredited. That might be part of the grift, right? You might have to pay the BBB, uh, and you I'm get that sticker, yeah. right? And I'm seeing a lot of similar complaints here. So it does feel like it it does kind of correct me on this, Noel. It does kind of seem like the the typical complaints regarding maybe contract traps, um, some shoddy service or customer service. Maybe another way to look at this is to ask ourselves, could a company that, according to its detractors, already has some serious logistical problems? could they be capable of selling data or information or would they be morally constrained in some way? I don't know. It's tough to tell. We're going to have to read the terms and conditions. Well, I, was...
5: I think it's less the the surveillance aspect and more just capitalizing on people that maybe, you know, can't afford this thing and they want to have it. And then these people are like, oh, well, you can have it too if you just pay this copay. But then there's all these hidden things. Uh, one response on the Reddit thread is 100% a big scam. Tried to cancel my free trial and they are forcing me to pay for a full year of subscription in order to cancel. Stay away from them. I also tried to get in touch with them on Twitter and they blocked me. So I couldn't expose them to the public. If they had nothing to hide, they wouldn't block me. This to me reminds me of those like rent to own type places that are capitalizing on folks that want to keep up with the Joneses, but maybe can't necessarily afford it to pay out in cash. I think this is entirely opportunistic and not necessarily about surveillance at all, just about ripping people off who just want to be part of what everyone else is a part of.
3: Yeah. uh, Whatnot, please. If you have missed our rent to own episode, please do check it out. The math is astonishing, and it is not uncommon for vulnerable members of a population to be targeted by businesses. Again, seeing complaints, but um, as far as as far as a conspiracy, uh, we would just need to we would need to dig a little bit more, I think.
4: Agreed. I'm looking at the terms and conditions about de enrollment. Right, Like how that functions, it says upon receiving a request, them receiving a request, uh, you will be de-enrolled within two business days. And upon de-enrollment from the ACP program, you will no longer receive free minutes, text messages or data each month and will be required to re-qualify for service if you choose to re-enroll. There's a whole thing in here, guys. About becoming a distributor? Did you see that? That sounds like
5: pyramid scam Mm -hmm. type stuff. You know, that's wild.
3: There's also an inherent agreement to arbitration, which is is there's an
5: implied connection to the government. But I don't think it's that's real at all. They're just saying you can qualify for our thing if you are, you know, a member of these government
3: services. But there's no connection to the the government like the Obama phone. It could be um, it could be a matter of tax write offs. Right. It could be a matter of favorable deals wholesale on um, buying outdated technology, right? Which helps the make a deal. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And the, the arbitration agreement, I, I just want to close the loop on that one because arbitration agreements are incredibly dangerous to you as a consumer. It removes legal rights that you would otherwise have. So always read those carefully. They're not yeah. necessarily sinister. It is just a part of doing business, but um, a lot of times companies will try to sort of slide those under the radar and hope
4: that you are not the person who reads through the entirety of those things. Well, almost every major company that we sign agreements with to use their services now have that arbitration clause, which means like pretty much no matter what happens, if it has to do with either an electronic device or a service you use you're not gonna be able to take legal action because you already signed the thing just by using that's it. what arbitration agreement means. That like literally you're you're signing away your right to to sue. Yeah, you but it's what Ben was just saying, you'd have yep. to go Got hang it. out with their lawyers and their lawyers would just be like, Hey. They're better than your lawyers. No question <laughs> about it.
5: Yeah. Uh weird. Last thing I just wanna say though, like this is very easy to get roped into this stuff with the cleaning thing with me. I tried canceling or getting a new debit card because I really felt like this thing was a scam because of all the really horrible reviews, but I realized that I was genuinely trapped. And to your point, Matt, about the Better Business Bureau this dazzling cleaning thing, thousands of bad reviews, and yet they're still doing business. So the question becomes, what is the value of a thing like the Better Business Bureau if you can have all of these negative reports and no action is taken? So I finally found a cleaner that I really liked, and I'm just going to keep it for a year. And then once that year is up, I'm going to cancel it and just pay her directly. Because also, talking to the cleaner, she's trapped in it, too. Oh, in, in a very similar way uh, as me, where she signed something to be able to get these recommendations or to get, you know, connected with clients. But now she can't, she's stuck for however long in the same way. So she was very <laughs> did not have good things to say about the service. So all this to say that no one who, quote unquote, fell for this is stupid. You know, it, it's a very easy thing to, to fall into. So
3: check out the privacy policy on Whoop Connect. I found it, uh, <laughs> it's of course, toward the bottom of some of this stuff about how they share or allow access to personal information that includes sharing with their parent subsidiary affiliate companies for business, operational and legal purposes. So they can do what they want by using it. You are in, unless you go to them and say, hey, I specifically want you to pull this part out of my agreement which very few people will do, then uh, you are signing away your right to a class action lawsuit. You're signing away your right to even ask for your money back, honestly. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Whatnot,
5: for that. Uh, It does seem that this is definitely uh, some shade of a scam. (laughs) So proceed with caution, folks uh, enticed by Whoop Connect. If the name itself alone didn't give away (laughs) that, maybe something was amiss. Um, We're going to take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsor, and come back with more messages from you.
2: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do
1: start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
4: and we've returned we are going to the phone lines and we're going to hear a message from chemo who listened to our? I think it was our strange news, Ben. I can't remember, strange news or listener mail, where we talked about the burn pits. Uh, yeah,
3: that would be listener mail.
4: Okay, yes. So we have somebody who had some personal experience with some burn pits who just wanted to give us a little more uh, insight into what that was like. So here is chemo.
6: Hey guys, I was just listening to your most recent uh, listener mail episode, and uh, the segment you guys were talking about burn pits overseas and the VA. Um, I just want to add my two cents worth. I was a medic in Afghanistan for an infantry platoon in 2010, I believe it was. And we were in southern Kandahar uh, at a place called and the biggest fob in the area was and we were a few miles from FOB had a huge burn pit, massive, massive burn pit. The burn pits that we had at our patrol bases and our small cop uh, combat outpost, they were generally uh, just small holes dug like the, the ones that we had specifically. The engineers came in one day with a with a bulldozer and just bulldozed us out a couple of little holes in the ground. And being as how I was the platoon medic, I got tasked with burning the, the shit and, and the trash. And there was two separate burn pits, one for the, the shit and the piss and one for the uh, trash. They were small burn pits, but it was still a lot of thick black smoke. You guys were talking about some sort of, like, face protection, face masks, face coverings. And it was nothing like that. It's whatever you had nearby that you could wrap around your face. There was no filtered face masks or anything like that. Anyway, again, uh, I love the show. You guys do great work. That's my two cents worth about the uh, burn pits. It was a chaotic cluster to f- say the least. You guys feel free to uh, to reach out to me.
4: Have a great day. There you go. Mm -hmm. That's from chemo. Just again, like experiencing what it's like to have those burn pits, even in a smaller combat outpost like that, not one of the major, um, what do you call them? FOBs. uh, Operating base. Exactly. The larger bases where the larger burn pits were, right? Mm -hmm. He describes the burn pit at one specific FOB near where his combat outpost was. That was massive. Right. Uh, But just him being an individual, basically having to go out there and burn the trash and human waste, uh, creating all that black smoke, probably not great for the health, especially when you don't have any official protection for breathing that stuff.
3: Mm-hmm. And no, uh, I guess the way to say it is an at times hostile infrastructure uh, amid the institutions that are supposed to support you after military service. And, uh, Kimo, I want to thank you for uh, for giving us the on the ground description here, and to let you know that you this is um, something that we have we have heard stories like this uh, too often. For it to be a one-off kind of situation mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, it sounds weird saying it in a military application, but in terms of workplace safety, a lot of the rules that exist in papers seem to not exist in practice. And uh, Matt, just while I'm at it, I want to thank you for the slick edits on that voicemail. Yeah,
4: No joke. Yeah. Chemo asked us to edit out some specifics about the location. Uh, he was comfortable saying southern kandahar in afghanistan in the year but not like maybe the the actual name of the base absolutely if that makes sense yeah and the, the district it was in chemo's great by the way uh chemo had some very nice things to to say to you guys uh and just very kind person who's been listening for a long time and uh appreciates when we bring up these subjects uh Thanks, about you know vets so. back
3: at you. Maybe one day we'll get a chance to talk with
4: you, man'. Yeah, just call the number. It's in the system, man. We can do it. We'll we do it together. Um and I did I will'll we'll circle back to chemo in just a moment after after we hear our next message because I asked chemo about the next message you're about to hear from an anonymous person who did not pick up when I called back. Here we go.
7: Hey, guys, uh, long time listener, first time caller. Just got done listening to your agent Orange episode finally. Uh, and it made me think of some of the other stuff that the government and the VA is dodging, you know, uh, as far as their responsibility for things that they've done, and specifically the Gulf War. And stop me if you've heard this before, but everybody talks about depleted uranium, uh, nerve agent, all this other bullshit. but the cause of all of that was a thing called PB pills that they gave us, which was ironically to help us in the event of a nerve agent attack. Uh, and. It's, they, they cast these huge white nets doing these surveys, but that's all just bullshit eyewash because you have to look at the very small group of people and figure out why some guys came out okay, and some guys came out really messed up. I can tell you from my unit, the guys that were really messed up, and I mean cancers, uh, uh, multiple sclerosis, those are the guys who took those P V pills religiously, and uh, yeah, and I took it a little bit, and I had some weird little nagging problems, but the guys who didn't take it at all had no problems at all. So uh, I'm not a scientist, but uh, I would think there would be something to that. Uh, ironically, also, when they do these studies, which I've taken part in, uh, they go through these huge laundry lists of drugs. Did you take this? Did you take that? Not once did they ever ask you if they took PB pills, and I thought that was ironic and i asked at the end of the study it's like well what about these pills that they gave us and they'll all look at you and go i don't even know what that is never heard of it so uh interestingly enough they also don't ever talk about the fact they gave us speed and sleeping pills like halcyon which also caused some problems but those are never mentioned on those surveys either but anyway if you've heard all this before i'm sorry for wasting your time but uh i think you guys should look into it because i've Said it to all kinds of people, and they just sort of look at you, and you know, nobody really seems to care, which I think is kind of interesting. But anyway, hey, uh, love the show. You guys, uh, take care and uh, in a good fight, man.
4: Here we go, anonymous person. Thank you so much for that information. You brought up a subject that I knew nothing about. I know nothing about this, you guys, until I started uh, like looking into it after hearing that message. Well, I was gonna mention
5: on the burn pit caller that it reminded me of like agent orange and stuff like that. Like to your point then about how a lot of times folks in these positions aren't looked after, after the fact and the rules seem to be very murky.
4: Yeah. Let's jump into what this is. Uh, These PB pills that our caller is referring to were largely given to, I guess, soldiers, Marines, uh, army uh, personnel during the Gulf war. Uh, what's known as the Gulf War. The I guess it's the first official time the United States entered Iraq on a military on military missions like this. And these PB pills are. I'm going to try and get this right. Pyridostigmine bromide pills. The these are pills that were used, or like, I guess the usage at the time officially was as an anti nerve agent pill. So, kind of to pretreat all of the soldiers in case at some point while they're on the ground, they would get exposed to some kind of nerve agent, which was a big it was thought to be a major threat during the Gulf War. Uh, if you think back to the um weapons of mass destruction claims that were that were going on like swimming around in the world when the United States entered Iraq again in two thousand and three. Uh, A lot of it had to do with weapons that were encountered back, you know, uh, when Iraq was at war with Kuwait and when the United States then intervened uh, back then. Uh, Nerve agents were a very big thing. Also used by Western powers, (laughs) nerve agents, chemical warfare, fun times. Don't
5: we say that we don't do that? Isn't that like the the public stance? We don't say we don't.
3: We say we don't in specific circumstances. Got it.
4: Yeah. White phosphorus. It's just for cover, right? Anyway, um, this is a very fascinating thing. There's a ton of writing on the the official VA website. So you can go to publichealth.va.gov. There's a large section about these PB pills in Gulf War veterans. They say these pills are, quote, a possible cause of chronic multi-symptom illnesses. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely something the VA is looking at tracking aware of we have no idea how much actual work is going into assisting veterans who have you know been dealing with exposure to these substances
3: yeah and I've, I've, anonymous i've heard some um i feel like i've heard some vets mention this thing but to that point it's not i don't think it's widely known we certainly don't know much about it uh it's it's not widely known outside of military circles but i was Right there with you, Matt, looking at the the VA itself, uh surprised to see returning guest, the Rand Corporation, talk about risk that cannot be ruled out with certitude and linking it in their review of scientific literature to other unexplained or officially undiagnosed illnesses. One thing that really stood out here that they don't spend much time on in the VA, the VA examination and, and their written statements is. This one line, further research is needed on PB and other agents, as well as on genetic factors and long-term health effects. That's some terrifying stuff to read if it's not explained.
4: Genetic factors. Right. Yeah. One of the weirdest things about this drug, you guys, it's been prescribed for decades to treat something called, I'm going to try and get this correct as well, miazathenia. Gravis myazathenia gravis. I'm not sure if that's correct. It's a neuromuscular disease, a very a rather rare disease. Um, so this was a drug that was used. F- it had a usage purpose, right? And then it was used in during the Gulf War for this other purpose. That I guess just maybe there wasn't enough study that went into it. Mm-hmm. It seems really weird. I I asked chemo about this, uh, a veteran of the Afghanistan. I guess, a war in Afghanistan, and he was unaware of anything called PB pills or something similar to that, but he did uh, tell us quite a bit about, you know, the stuff we've heard from other vets, the major rounds of vaccinations that you have to get, you know, particularly anti-malaria stuff, smallpox, anthrax, all kinds of things that, again, potentially these, these soldiers could be exposed to. But there were other things at least in chemo's case, that he w- that were administered to him, that he just wasn't even sure what it was, hmm. but he just kind of had to take it when you go in. Right. You know? It's uh, it's unfortunately,
3: it's it's a normalized procedure. I also saw Matt uh, in some of the literature on this. Uh, I'm looking at the National Library of Medicine under mm-hmm. Gulf War and Health uh, publication. I'm noticing that there was probably fog of war and rush to deployment of this substance. Uh, specifically, how the FDA allowed the Food Drug Administration, in the US allowed the Department of Defense or DOD, uh, a waiver from the usual requirement to obtain informed consent from service members before they were taking this substance. And they said, look, we're in a hurry, 4.30 on a Friday energy. You know, we'll uh, – what was it uh, Henry Kissinger said? Like, just make it happen. We'll worry about the constitutionality later.
5: Well, that, I was going to ask, like, is there anything that protects the government from not getting consent
3: from service people? Yeah, those waivers. Okay. Like the FDA is saying, hey, you don't – due to um, – Due to extenuating circumstances or the the ticking clock argument, uh, we have to choose the greater good, and we will sort it out as soon as we can uh, afterwards, after the crisis has completed. And you know, the thing is, increasingly, we're learning the crises never really end; they simply transform, and sometimes they drop out of the news. Uh, Matt, I saw the DOD reported. They had an estimated 5.3, north of 5.3 million doses that went out to service members and around maybe more than 250,000 people took yeah. some, some measure of this. To uh, your point, Anon, uh, Anonymous, uh, some people were taking it a lot, they always say religiously, some people were just taking it occasionally.
4: Yeah. And so when you think about a dose, that's one pill, right? And then they were handed out in these 21 pill blister packages. So that's a lot of pills. They -hmm. got distributed. And the reason, at least according to um, our caller there, one of the major reasons that people would take these is because you are told, hey, there are nerve agents like sarin gas that you might encounter. If you take this It was described as an an antidote, but not really, you know, you're going to have less chance of being affected as fully by that nerve agent. If you take this, it's like an inoculation almost in kind of, but not really. Yeah, you're right.
5: No, that's different. You're right. It's like weatherproofing.
4: (laughs) Yeah, because theoretically, the substances, molecules within that drug will bind to some of the molecules within that sarin gas, and they won't bind to your body in the Mm. same way. Right. Mm-hmm. theoretically but according to that same national library of medicine article that you pointed to Ben it's like not known if that actually would have happened uh, like when when exposure to sarin gas would have occurred it's like theoretically that could have been beneficial and helped the but, science checks out right in theory but they also list a bunch of side effects of this especially if you take too much of this stuff um, it does not mention long term Effects of being dosed with this material.
3: Yeah, like fifty percent of the people who took this had some sort of reported, self-reported side effect, uh, primarily gastrointestinal in nature. I saw for anybody wondering that the dosage I believe is thirty milligrams per tablet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not an insane amount, but we also have to wonder how quickly the body processes it because I think it's one tablet every eight hours is the recommended dosage they were giving people. Um, so you have to wonder whether that is cumulative in effect. Uh, to your point, Anonymous, uh, the, it does seem like there were stronger side effects and, and damaging effects for people who continue taking the dose. So whatever was happening was not evacuating the body fully without leaving something
4: behind or some kind of effect. Very dangerous stuff. Absolutely. Read up more on this. If you're interested, please let us know if you took PB pills. If you've got any information about it, if you want to share a story, do call us or write to us. Our number is one 833 stdwitk Our email is conspiracy at iheartradio.com. We'll be right back with more messages from you.
7: Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at amfam.com.
1: Products not available in every state. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company SI and its operating company 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
0: I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff.
1: start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
3: we have returned uh, we've got a message here from Hoboken Johnny and just want to say at the top this can be a controversial thing. It's something I and, and several of us have read up on for a number of years, and it's a somewhat tricky thing to discuss, just to be candid. So, Hoboken Johnny says, Seasons Greetings. My name is Hoboken Johnny. I have been a religious unslightly intended listener for the better part of a decade. First time writing in. I always enjoyed the episodes mentioning New Jersey and our beloved leather winged cryptid, but there are some much darker forces at play here in the garden state. Sadly, ones that are affecting hundreds of lives and possibly generations. Hoboken Jody says this will be a long one. So buckle up buckaroos. I love it when people say buckaroo uh, in letters, at least. Uh, so We're going to paraphrase some of this uh, because it is quite a thorough piece of correspondence, and you're an awesome writer, by the way, Hoboken, (laughs) which makes sense. Uh, So we do have to cut a couple things to help preserve Hoboken's identity, just so you know. Uh, Hoboken says, I wanted to bring the town of Lakewood, New Jersey to your attention as I feel it doesn't receive the attention and, frankly, the scrutiny it needs on a state and national level. I have been a blank in the insert local government area for a number of years. I've been tossing around the idea of writing in on the subject. It needs to be discussed in a more public forum than we've able to get locally in Lakewood. Lakewood is for the most part, a fairly impoverished community with a majority population comprised of Hispanic and African-American students, many of whom are first generation immigrants with little to no English speaking experience. historically, our district has a reputation for being poor and violent and dangerous and all around just a terrible place to be. We've suffered the issues a lot of impoverished districts face, lack of funding, lack of support, et cetera. Uh, and editorializing here, unfortunately, that's a that's a really common tale often in the United States, this lack of funding and support. What makes Lakewood a bit different, says Hoboken, is that these conditions are seemingly being Purposely imposed upon us, and yeah, I know, right? And this is where Hoboken puts in a disclaimer. This might strike some people sideways, but you'll see why it's a very important disclaimer very soon. Hoboken says, Before I get into this, I need to state for the record that I hold absolutely no anti Semitic beliefs, opinions, or anything of the sort. What I have is a factual grievance based on what I have seen firsthand in the community, and I need to bring this, uh, bring attention to this on behalf of the students. Uh, it's a well known fact around Ocean County, where Lakewood is based, and the rest of the state that the town is run and controlled almost exclusively by, and these are their words, uh, uh, the town's Hasidic Jewish population. The school district has a non Hasidic superintendent. But it's a very poorly kept secret that the superintendent uh, functions under direct orders of the school's district attorney, who is in this community that our uh, writer is talking about. So apparently, the big problem is corruption. Uh, this guy, the district attorney, Michael Inselbuk, has pocketed over $5 million off the books over the course of six years. That's like a little, like, you know, we could just cocktail math and say it's, a pretty significant income every year. And then Hoboken points us to various articles that talk about corruption and oppression in this district and says, while all of this is terrible, of course, it goes much deeper than just misallocated funds. Here's where it gets crazy. The Hasidic community, says Hoboken, is essentially operating outside of the jurisdiction of local and state authorities. This community has its own EMS service. Yeah, well, that's like saying VIN number, but you know what I mean—emergency services and uh, their own law enforcement bodies. A religious police force sounds, you know, which doesn't sound like something you would have in a, a secular country like the United States. And says uh, further, many properties are registered as religious sites, which means they don't pay taxes in a lot of in a lot of situations, right? Uh, and. This goes on and on. I don't want to read it entirely in full, but we see the argument too that the public school system is being purposely cut off at the ankles, being denied funding, having future funding gutted, and that in place, members of the community are either confronting a lack of education, therefore opportunity, or if they're in the Hasidic community, they're being sent to Far better funded, better equipped private schools, and this is like this is the lay of the land with this. Do you guys remember hearing other stories about similar accusations? In I'm thinking New Jersey, I'm thinking New York in particular.
5: No, but I mean, I, I do understand how a lot of these schools um, have a tendency to operate outside of the you know traditional school system, and they probably have things in terms of like religious freedom um, that allow them to do that.
4: Well, you guys tell me if I'm just thinking incorrectly here. It reminds me a little bit of the Clearwater, Florida Scientology situation that was going on, but that was more about property being purchased than public school zoning and, you know, funding for schools in the area. I think that's a comp. Yeah. Maybe, but I don't know. I guess it was a it w- was a religious community that was using the local power structures, the local government to kind of get what they wanted. You can
3: also see aspects of this in uh, offshoots of the Latter-day Saints church, sure. right? And that makes I'm, sense. I'm, I'm carefully saying offshoots here, the, mm-hmm. The, the, mm-hmm. the groups or communities that are not considered uh, official parts of the LDS overall. And obviously, this stuff becomes red meat for anti-Semitic people. In, yeah. in these crowds, you know, and that stuff can be weaponized, dangerously so. But it, it got me digging, too, because I wanted to find these other cases we had read about. I'm thinking of, like, the article from February of this year in The New York Times by Jay Root, which talks about how uh, another community, in this case, uh, another Hasidic community, has uh, leveraged, you know, local politics and municipal procedure to funnel public money into private schools. And these are schools that, you know, the, the um, kids who are not in that community are not allowed to attend. But the taxes are, are going to that. It sounds maybe somewhat like a dry, boring community meeting point. If you've ever been to a community meeting in your neighborhood, sure, uh, you know that they're either boring or unhinged.
5: Yeah. <laughs> I love oh, going to In the new season of Fargo, the first uh, uh, was sort of one of the inciting events is like a community type meeting where things go absolutely off the rails and
4: somebody tases a cop. I just want to point back, there's an article that's mentioned early in this message, Ben, something about, I, I forget the name of the publication, Asbury Park Press, I think. Where they're just—it's discussing the five million dollars that mm-hmm. the one attorney has made, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to see if I could find that article, right? That particular article exists, and you can click on it, but you can't read it unless you subscribe to that press. So I found, a, I guess, a retelling of it. Let's say in something called the New Jersey Education Report, Report dot com, and in here. It's specifically speaking about this one attorney for Lakewood Public Schools that I think has made $800,000 per year as an attorney for a public school system, which feels a little That's crazy. A no, that is not a thing. Uh, let's just cite Laura Waters is the journalist's name who's writing this in early October 2023. And it is very interesting to see, like, This guy is, according to this, the author of this article, the highest paid uh, government employee in New Jersey,
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is weird because as our friends at Daily Zeitgeist know uh, and have talked about before, uh, typically the highest paid public uh, employee is going to be a sports coach. Oh, uh, a <laughs> ah, well,
4: public, public employee?
3: Yeah, Think about like public uh, universities and stuff like in a state.
4: Oh, I could see that. But it's definitely not the governor, right? Because <laughs> even the governor is. Governors is, do side gigs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The governor is quoted in this story. Governor Phil Murphy saying, I don't have insight into the particulars of it, but the number is eye popping.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: I yeah. <laughs> That's
3: I, good. I, I want to go back to that new york times article just to show that there is a a larger like it's not just restricted to community tensions mm-hmm. in lakewood in ocean county this article i just mentioned is talking about the curios joel village union free school district and it's they call them villages up in the northeast it's north of new york city It has what the journalists are calling one of the most unusual public school districts in the world. The question for people who are outside of these communities is, there's xenophobia to it, honestly, some of it, uh, but they're asking things like, why are we having the choice removed for our kids? Why are opportunities being removed for our kids? Um, Why are we having a hard time like buying property? Uh, Why do we feel... And as these folks in these communities, why do we feel that we are being pushed out of our own place where we live? If we're talking just in discrete moments, discrete cases, then what we see is a confrontation between the role of the state and the role of spiritual or religious beliefs, right? Sure. The the U.S., has never fully solved that question in practice, right? The division of church and state is all well and good on paper, but it's very difficult um, to see it shake out successfully in practice.
5: But Catholic schools, for example, don't necessarily get the same
3: lack of oversight that these schools do. Am I correct? I, I would have to look into it more to to speak on on that point, but I do think it's a great question. And I do also wonder there's not really a 100% way to prevent corruption, right? Like Singapore figured out how to become less corrupt by kind of incorporating and owning corruption, right? Yeah. Like now- it's part they, of the system. Yeah. yeah, they made it a business. But in this case, at the local level where politics are so often ignored and so often have tremendous impact, I, I wonder if there is, is there a way that is fair to people to prevent someone from coming in and, you know, stacking the school board and saying, hey, we're cutting all of the funding. Right. Uh, and if you have a problem with it, then you'll have to vote. But we know you don't have the votes. I, I don't know, man. It's it's a pickle. And so the Ashbury Park Press, uh, that story we mentioned has been quoted in places like forward dot com. Uh, you can find the what they're calling the Lakewood Welfare Fraud Scheme, Uh, and this goes in so many different directions. It's hard to follow all of the money, especially when you get into things like LLCs, limited liability companies that function as proxy companies to hide the movement of money. Uh, and then you look at how people were apparently enlisting their relatives to be the face of different shell companies. Again, this has happened in uh, this has happened in Utah, right? This happened in splinter groups that claim to be the correct authorities of the LDS Church. The LDS Church obviously does not agree. And I I, I just don't know. I mean, one of the things we have to clearly acknowledge is that in this country. Again, in theory, people cannot be discriminated against for their own personal spiritual beliefs. That is a non-starter. You should not, as a state, attempt to force people to do things that contradict their spiritual beliefs if they're not hurting anyone. You know what I mean? We see this again with the um the debates raging in Europe regarding uh uh hijab, but regarding headscarves, you know, like. Can you tell people what they can and cannot wear?
5: Well, but as we know, with any t- time there are these sorts of dispensations that go along with very legitimate beliefs, there will be people that will be ready to try to take advantage of them as a loophole. Just say.
4: Yeah. Can you get paid seven to eight times more than the average person in your position? And that's everybody's fine with that, even if your school district is, you know, impoverished just like trying to get money to pay for its programs you shouldn't be able to i think we'd all agree
3: Mm -hmm. and with that folks you know we would like to hear your thoughts on this on all of these things uh before we end we wanted to say thank you so much we say it pretty often uh and we mean it sincerely every time we can't do this without you. We're so grateful that you too are a conspiracy realist, and we hope that you will go on air with us on the show one day. We try to be easy to find online. There are tons of ways to contact us.
5: That's right. You can find us at the handle Conspiracy Stuff on X, Facebook, and YouTube, Conspiracy Stuff Show on Instagram and
4: TikTok. Hey, quick note on the voicemail system try not to call when you're at work in a really loud environment or maybe even driving with the windows down or something it really impedes our ability to use your audio if you want to share something with the whole class it's fine if you just want to talk to us often we can make out what's being said but do try to be in a good audio environment when calling that number if possible the number is 1-833-STDWYTK If you do call in, give yourself a cool nickname and let us know if we can use your voice and message on the air. If you don't want to do that, why not shoot us an email? We
3: read every email we get. You're not writing into a void, so don't be surprised when the void responds back. All you have to do is drop us a line at our good old-fashioned email address where we are, conspiracy at (laughs) iheartradio.com.